Rational discussion, common sense, open debate. RCR, Reality Check Radio with Paul Brennan. On Reality Check Radio, we like to get to the bottom of things. We want to look behind the curtain and see what has been going on, particularly in the last few years. And we're going to do that now. We heard from Guy Hatchett with the stats that he had leaked to him. Now we're talking to someone who spent a bit of time behind that curtain. Sarah joins us. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to Reality Check Radio. Hi, Paul. Okay. Is it fair to say that you were like behind the curtain? Not quite like the Wizard of Oz, but you were you sort of had a, a view behind the curtain that many of us didn't see of the whole interface, I guess, with the uh, public regarding COVID. So what was that all about? What role did you have that enabled you to see things from the inside? And we're really curious to hear what that was like. Okay, Paul, I had two roles. Um, My first one was as a team leader, actually, on the vaccination line. And I also had a role with the rapid antigen test line. So I saw the vaccination side and also the test side. Okay, what was your qualification, if you don't mind me asking for our listeners, for being in those roles? What was your knowledge base? Uh, You had to be computer literate, uh, have great customer service skills. Yeah, just just those two. What about um, any medical knowledge, even basic? No, no medical knowledge to do what we did. Not on the vaccination line and not on the rapid antigen test line. Okay, let's look at the vaccination line first. What was that there for? And what sort of um, inquiries did you have coming in there? What, what sort of cases did you have to deal with? Uh, that was for people to book a vaccination. Or if they had, sometimes the lines would get crossed and we would get people that were supposed to call the health line. Right. Um, so that's what it was about. Maybe cancelling vaccinations. Um, we would get people ringing up who were frightened to get the vaccination um, we had to refer them to the health line or their local GP Okay did that progressively come more like that that people were concerned or from the get go were people worried about this Absolutely uh, we also had some irate callers um, I never used the term anti-vax it was their choice um, so I, I helped them however I could the ones so, that want it. Okay. Um, was that part of the script, though, part of the job that you were supposed to be doing? Because that would be called encouraging vaccine hesitancy if you were helping them in that way anyway. Would that be right? Absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. I got in trouble a couple of times um, for doing that. And I was asked why I did it. And I said, well, I'm here to help all the people, not just, not just one side. Did you get the impression then that there was a concerted effort to persuade people to do this? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, If you were on the phone lines, I I mean, sometimes I had 26 screens up. Um, So you're talking on the phone, entering all the bookings, looking for places that may have vouchers. um, What what, you mean incentive vouchers like uh, free KFC or something like that? Is that what you're talking about? Absolutely. And some places was cash 
100 or $200 and our phone lines just went crazy. They just went crazy once those incentives came out. What does that tell you about people? Just saying? Just asking? Um, I'm just going to be honest because I'm only stating the facts here, Paul. Um, that tells me something's not right if they have to bribe people. I call it a bribe. Yeah, but people don't have to make a decision like that for a voucher at a fast food restaurant or something like that. Seems a pretty low threshold. What, what I saw, Paul, was they would hit the lower uh, socioeconomical areas for that. Ah, I see. Yeah, so you wouldn't get that in a well-to-do area. They wouldn't have any vouchers out there. They'd only put it in the low. That's, that's what I saw from the regions I was looking at. All right, so what was the workplace like? Uh, were there many people that were uncomfortable with what they're doing but still doing it, or were most people, you know, did they think they were doing God's work or something like that? The majority of the people thought they were doing a great job. Um, there was a minute percent of us who, who, didn't, who didn't like it. What was it like going on in that situation? Man, that must have been tough, seeing all that. Or were you kind of curious to observe the whole thing? What I saw, like, on the news, I would see a teenager had died up in such and such a place. So I would go and have a look when they got their vaccinations. Um, and it would be always around the two-week to 14-day mark that that would happen after they got the vaccination. And what I saw was a pattern um, wow, that's yeah, that's yeah. that's quite stunning to hear that. Yeah. So you could you could correlate the kind of dates and times with the database that showed when they had the vaccine. Oh, absolutely, because I saw the vial numbers as well, the batch numbers. I saw everything. Um, when, oh, now, when, was there? Sorry, yeah. was there anything? You know, any common intersection with the batch numbers? Is there something in the batch numbers? We weren't allowed to give that information to anybody, the batch numbers. The but did, numbers. did you see any, though, any, again, correlation between batch numbers and people with bad outcomes? Did you see any patterns there? Just wanting to no. know. No, they're, they're too random. Right. Yeah, they were too random. Um, we didn't really have a great understanding of the batch numbers or the vial numbers. But you could tell from the data that you could access, you could you could see, you know, the, the time frame involved between taking it and there being something happening, and and right. you, and there was a pattern there for sure, right? Is what oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, not only with teenagers, it was anyone, anyone that had passed and it was always between maybe say the 11th day to the 14th day wow um you, you would expect to hear a lot about that because that would involve numerous people obviously the victim let's call them the victim but you know family members friends absolutely wow okay so how did the um the system operate how did you know what to say to people when they called we had a script. I can't, I can't remember it off by heart, but we had a script and we had to keep to that script because every single phone call was recorded. 
Oh, okay. So you, yeah. you, had to, you had to be careful that you got it right every time. Absolutely. They had quality. So they say they had quality checks. Um, I think it may have been monitoring for those who didn't want to be vaccinated because I'll tell you what, Paul, I wasn't vaccinated and I worked for the Ministry of Health and I worked remotely from home. My whole team did. Oh, okay, so this was done not in a call centre but at home sort of uh, by remote. Yep, working from home remotely because it was during all the COVID uh, going on. So, yeah, we worked from home. So if you got a call from someone who was clearly very uncertain and worried... How did you deal with that, given you had a script to work with and there was expectations on you to carry out a particular format, let's say? I had to tell them that I couldn't deal with that that query. Um, I had to direct them to the GP or the health line. Um, I will say, though, on two occasions, I got phone calls from elderly women that were terrified, absolutely terrified, um, and I asked for their consent to get the mobile number so I could ring them from my mobile number. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so, so those two ladies, if they, they were allergic to a certain, to vaccinations and whatever medicine, they were allergic to it and they had underlying conditions. So if they had it, they could have died. They could have took a turn or a seizure after they'd had it. And their doctors were telling them, they strongly recommend they get it. Yeah, how do you work that one out? I struggle with that one. I don't. And one of them actually told me that their doctor um, put through, I think, four to 500 uh, exemptions, applications to, I think it was Ashley Bloomfield, he was the Minister of Health then. The whole lot got declined. Yes, I've heard that uh, talked about before. He was the Director General of Health. He was declining them. I don't know if they were delegated, but he was at the top, right? So whether he was personally doing it or he had his minions doing it, it's still kind of the same thing, I would have thought. Well, I have no idea, but it doesn't make logical sense. If you've got doctors and you've got these people, they've got years of history. I'm not a doctor, but they've got years of history of what they're saying they're afraid of to get it, and they're strongly recommending they get it. There's something logically wrong with it. Was like that they, the big they, didn't want anyone to evade the vaccine. They didn't want anyone not to take it, even people who could be in severe danger if they took it. They weren't. In, right. They didn't seem. What well, sounds like they weren't interested in that at all. Yep. No, not at all. And um, yeah, no, not many people were exempt. You were to try and encourage them to get it. Okay. I found that hard. Yeah. So were you expected to be encouraging in your words? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, the people who supervised all this, I suppose, were they sort of on the surface nice people or, or was there something a bit off about the people who are running it? Because if you're running a show like that, there's got to be something off about the people running it, surely. What it is, is it's, it's, a, uh, it's a company that gets contracted to the Ministry of Health. It's, um, Ministry of Health have their workers, but they get so overwhelmed that they have, to, they have to outsource the work to companies that 
um, have experience in the health sector and they've also got customer service, um, like a pipeline of workers. Okay, so this wasn't, yeah. um, I should have asked that question earlier on, this wasn't direct um, Ministry of Health, Health Department employees. You're all contracted yep. what, by a, like a medical call centre type of provider. That's it. That's exactly it. And, and, and it's the same for the rapid antigen test. Um, I could tell you some funny stories about that. Like. Yeah, so, so, so what was all that about? Is that like, I think I've got COVID, I need to get a test. Where can I get a test? Is, was that... Well, that yeah, was yeah, and you got you got to isolate for seven days, and you know you get a text sent to your phone, so you can show your work, and you've got to have seven days off. We had all the travellers coming over, and we had to ask because anyone who doesn't have a NHI number, you can't record their results because they're not a citizen, so their results couldn't be put into the system. Their negative results when they arrive in New Zealand. So we were essentially told to pretend you're typing and putting them in the system. And I wrote in the chat, um, so essentially you want me to lie. Uh, <laughs> I'm not prepared to do that. <laughs> um, Fair that, enough. That's, that's what we had to do. And I just, the answer I got was a smiley face. I took that as a yes. Okay, so that's a kind of subterfuge going on there. Absolutely. Um, it, it's certainly not straight up when you're playing with people's lives, right? I mean, this is what, what is going on. Absolutely. So what do you think has happened here from your angle? Because we're trying to put the piece parts together and, and trying to get a view of, of, I guess in the end, whether this was groupthink out of control, people thought they were saving granny and they'd do anything to do it, uh, to do that, or... And this is where I've, I struggle, I'm sure others struggle, with this lack of exemptions and the heartlessness of it, ignoring very real issues around that. Forget about whether you should have it or not in the first place, even if you're healthy. But if you've got medical conditions or allergic um, uh, reaction potential and still being kind of forced to take it, there's a heartlessness and meanness, I think, about that. What do you reckon? Oh, absolutely. That's not um, freedom of choice. It's not a freedom of choice. But at the end of the day, if you don't want to get it, you wouldn't have got it. Because you've got to sign consents. Um, do you know what I mean? To actually oh, so there were, see, I never did it, so I don't know. You've got to actually sign off that you're taking it, do you? Well, you'd have to. You had to show some ID, um, your date of birth... Do you know what I mean? That so they could yeah, register it in the system. You had to show something um, to get it. So I, you know, obviously, if you're not prepared to do that, you just wouldn't get it. Yeah, I suppose that also means that there's a database that shows the people who didn't get it. They could oh, be readily identified. Where's I, the privacy in that? Absolutely, that's what I think too. And I, you are absolutely dead right. There will be, there will be a list of people who didn't get it because you won't be in their system as having got it. Yeah, the fact that you're not there yeah. means something. Yeah, so they they will most definitely have that information. How long were you doing this? Did you say 18 months or it was over a year, wasn't it? 14 months. 14 months. 14 months, yeah. Boy, that's a, that's a bit of stretch of time doing that. <laughs> it is, it is. Um, 
it was hard to do that um, sometimes too. That was quite a hard job, especially when you get people, some were crying. They really yeah. didn't want to get it. So some of them were crying. Um, just you, you'd have, sometimes you'd have 1,500 people waiting in a queue on the phones. That's a lot of people to wait. Yeah, how long of a wait is that? Because the systems tell you, don't oh, they? Some yeah. of them were over an hour. And that was usually when um, Mr. Dern would put, uh, yeah, just speak publicly at one o'clock. You know, she had those. I see. So there was a, uh, yeah, yeah. There, there was a connection between yeah. her making her latest pronouncement oh, and absolutely. triggering people to call. So that absolutely. was, that's the fear machine at work, right? Oh, and it worked. It worked a treat. <laughs> I worked a treat. Yeah. Do you believe the figures, given you know your encounters in that role, the figures of ninety-five percent vaccinated? Would you say it's around that, or is that too high? Or maybe it's too low. I don't know. But what do you think about that that percentage figure? I can't say for sure, but um, looking at our stats, I, I think that's incorrect. I think it would be lower. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but, you know, again, we're trying to get our arms around the, the reality of this. Yeah. How much lower do you think? Some people have even said around the 60s, high 60s. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I reckon the same, probably around the 60s, but there's no way there would be 95%. There's absolutely no way. Um, I don't think so anyway, not from what I saw. Well, that's what we were relentlessly told, remember, 95. <laughs> and that would have spurred people on too because, you know, the um, subconscious message there is that, you know, you're not one of the, what was it, the team of 5 million or 5.4 million yeah. of you. Everything's subtle, subtle, push, push, fear, fear, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, if you trigger people enough over a certain amount of time, like ads, you know, if social media, if it's always triggered on the radios, well, then, of course, it's going to condition people. Yeah, it makes uh, its logical yep. sense, I suppose. Psychology 101 or whatever they say. Yeah. Okay, so you went through that 14 months and, well, then they just decided to wrap it up. Is that what happened? End it all? End that part of it anyway? Um, no, I quit. Oh, okay, you quit. Yep. And that was because, what, you just couldn't take it anymore? Maybe. Absolutely, absolutely. I couldn't take it anymore. And I, I won't mention any names, but I've been speaking with some people, um, and they're well known on the social media scene, but I've been speaking with a few of them, and it was actually good to touch base with them because they thought, it, yeah, I could, I could talk to them about what I knew. Um, it was yeah. actually awesome to talk to them and they actually put me on to you guys and asked if I would speak to you yeah well that's cool because we need yeah. to hear voices like yours Sarah we need to hear yeah. from people who were there and get some clarity or try to anyway on what went on here and what it sounds like is how would you describe this whole thing in a few words they're hard to find because I find them <laughs> Hard to find because I don't want to sound too over the top, but then I can't help sounding too over the top because it seems like something terrible has happened here. How would I describe it? I describe it as an illusion. Okay, interesting word. Yeah. It's an illusion and a distraction for, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, those are the two words I'd use, illusion and distraction. 
Do you think it's coming from a bad place or just an incompetent place, this whole thing? You know, people overreacting, incompetent, not smart enough to do the role <laughs> that they thought they were smart enough to do, that sort of thing. Or, or, or were they really trying to do a job on the people? What do you think? I think at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what they present to you. If you're gonna, you, if you're gonna think, oh, something's not right about that, you usually go with your gut instinct, eh, or your energy, or whatever. But if something's not right, it doesn't seem right. It usually isn't. So at the end of the day, you are the one that agrees to do whatever they present you with. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. In the end, it's everyone's personal responsibility. We can feel sorry for people. Oh dear, you made let's say a wrong choice a choice you regret but you didn't have to do that mind you quite a few people sarah did have to do that because they worried about their whole world falling out from underneath them yeah again that's the fear um paul that's the fear so at at the end of the day sometimes you have to maybe sacrifice something Uh, if you really don't want to do that you might have to let go of that um I know that sounds harsh, but at the end of the day, that's exactly how it is. And you not taking it and being in that workforce, even though you're at home remote, I mean, did any pressure come down on you, regardless of that, to, you know, play the game? Play the game, Sarah. (laughs) None whatsoever, because I made that quite clear right from the start. I worked in an isolated environment. I wasn't in contact with anybody else. Um, yeah, there, there was there, there was an assessment to go through because at that stage, every Crown agent had to get vaccinated. Right. Yeah, but I made sure that they had, that there was an assessment they had to do and they just crossed every box they tried to put forward to me. I crossed it. Well, that must have made them mad as hell. <laughs> it did. <laughs> hey, but they still hired me. <laughs> How many people do you think were uh, brought into this workforce to make this this whole machinery work? How many oh, of, of you were there? There was hundreds. Hundreds. Yeah. Um, depending on the workload, you maybe have five, six hundred. That's just from the one outsourced company. Wow. Okay, gosh, that would have cost the taxpayer a bit of money, eh? <laughs> well, I no, not, not that I, um, <laughs> not that I regret or, or resent you being paid for your work, but you know, it was actually well paid. It was actually uh, well paid. It was well paid. I won't give the figure, but yeah, it was well paid. Okay, so you probably won't forget that experience, will you? Um, no, and, and to, to be honest, some people say, how could you work on that line when you choose not to get it? And yeah, and you won't be vaccinated and you're working on an MOH contract. Yeah, so, well, that's a fair enough question, I guess, um, yeah. to ask. But uh, remember at the start of it all, it was, oh, it's everyone's choice. You can choose to do it. You can choose not to. That didn't yeah. last long. Um, no. Um, soon it became if, you, if you're not doing it you're, you're going to kill granny 
knew that time. Yeah. So, so the force was um, was on everyone. Okay, so you had that experience then. Here we are now. Is anything you're hearing now any surprise to you? To be fair, Paul, I don't even uh, watch anything about it anymore um, because I know it's. I know now. Um, what will be 2023? Yep. So two years later, you know, I can see now that it's basically nothing. Do you think people just want to move on? Some of us have. Some of us have moved on. Um, yeah, some some maybe can't. May, maybe some have lost family members during COVID, you know, and that's sad. So that's that's understandable. They won't move on from that, especially if that has caused their death. Or an injury. Or, or an, an adverse reaction. Yeah. And if you felt that you were forced... I don't know about you. I'm not in this situation, thankfully, but I'd be angry. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's, yeah. that's why you have. That's why you have this, because they are, and they want to make someone accountable for it. That's fair enough, isn't it? Fair enough. Or, think, or do you take the personal responsibility? You got to take it on the chin. You could have said no. That's my opinion. Yes, everybody's responsible for their own decisions. Um, but you have to worry about the consequences on the other side. Um, like if that was me, if I was going to lose my job and I had to have a vaccination, but this is just me, I wouldn't have got the vaccination. I would have lost my job because I can go and get another yeah, same. one. Um, same. A house, yep. that's okay. If I lose my house, hey, I'll go and build one. Uh, however cheap, or I'll go and rent a cheap cabin or whatever. But I won't be... Um, yeah, I won't be so down and out where I would need to get this uh, fluid jabbed into me when I don't even know what it is and it could kill me. There's no way any materialistic thing or a job would outweigh that for me. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I was prepared to go live on the street. I said to myself, I'll go live on the street before I do this, actually. Absolutely. At least I can get back into a place later. <laughs> well, they're just they're, they're, my health means more than materialistic things or money. Yeah, same. Yeah, same. Uh, now, uh, the role of the flight centre in this—I've seen the flight centre mentioned. Was that in the line that you were dealing with, or were they something separate? That was the rapid antigen test line. Um, we ended up taking some of the travellers because, it, again, it got overwhelmed because of all the adverts on TV and all the announcements and social media advertising of the travellers coming into the country and what they needed to do. That's why we were called into that one to help out. Okay, and you said it was all scripted. How often were the scripts changed? Was that a regular thing? Um, it depends what was happening. Um, there was a, They wanted people to do a survey at this is an example they wanted someone to do a survey at the end of their call so instead of us saying it in the script they put a recorded message on of, that's just an example um, things could change in half an hour 10 minutes and you had to adapt boom and change straight away You've got to do it a different way now and I thought wow <laughs> I, I just thought it was odd that there was really no structure. They had to take it as it came. Do you think they were kind of making it up as they went along then? That, well, I'm just stating the facts. That's what it looked like. 
Yeah, so they were responding to real-time things, um, what, very quickly, changing the wording and uh, yep. new instructions and things like that. Absolutely, yeah. It's really interesting what you have to say about uh, the response after the messaging, you know, that one o'clock thing. Did it get to the point where you expected a wave of calls at around that time every time? Oh, we knew because you can see how many operators were actually online ready to take a call, and there was zero while the announcements were on because we had to stop and watch it. But we all knew what was happening because we would get that information before the public. But the, we knew we would go get ready because boom, it just went off. All right. Well, it's really fascinating talking to you about this, and um, it adds another piece of the picture. How would you describe that experience? Sad. Sad. Okay. Sad. I I describe it as sad because it just a lot of people wouldn't even do any research about it. They're just told you got to you got to do it, and that's it. So they weren't getting to informed consent. Nowhere near it, right? No, I don't think so. Absolutely not. Okay, Sarah, well, thank you for coming on Reality Check Radio on on this program and giving us that insight into what you were doing then. Um, Really appreciate. I guess you're a whistleblower. Is that what you are? You're a whistleblower. I'd rather call it a fact checker. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I call it fact checking. Um, Whistleblowing? No, no, I don't think I'm whistleblowing. Um, But that's that's my opinion. But but I've solely come on here and just spoken facts um, no no i i didn't doubt that but um you know so few people speak up and that's why i use the term whistleblower because that's kind of what whistleblowers do but if you're not that you're not that that's fine and again thank you so much for sharing your experiences there it's definitely added something to the picture awesome thanks for having me paul rcr with paul brennan reality check radio